first round. round. Yeah. That's nuts. So this will be round eight. This will be, yeah, matchup eight. Yep. Okay. Welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is episode 19, which is matchup number eight of the Hollywood Cop Card Challenge. Mike and Mike here. This is the Unreasonable Grounds podcast where the number one rule is to make sure that first responders get some escape from the job and they see the lighter side of police work and first responder work, be it police, fire, paramedicine, uh, search and rescue, whatever it might be. If you're wearing a uniform and you're helping people, this podcast is for you and it's by you. It's by first responders for first responders. Now, Today, another mini episode, Mikey, is that we're doing the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge. This is going to be, like I said, matchup number eight. This is going to be the wild card episode. Yeah, we're wrapping up the first round of this tournament with the wild card. And we've cut a couple of wheels off. We did. And talking about the wheels falling off, this is the end of a marathon recording night. And I will say this about when we do these recordings is that one recording, so one episode recording can be, you know, it's okay. It could be tiring. You know, you're using your brain a lot and you're, you're just having a good you know, chin wag, so to speak, if that's a Canadian term, the chin wag. Mm-hmm. Uh, good conversation. Two episodes can normally be quite exhausting. And you're just like absolutely done at the end of it. This is number three. This so is number three. <laughs> in the sense that we've, you know, it had the episode with Ryan Hutton from the Sudbury Police Association and Sudbury Police Service about running and policing and that. So I'm going to use the analogy of the marathon. This is, we are at mile or kilometer 30 of our evening. I'm I'm getting ready to uh, take advantage of our tradition to get the runners high as I bust into this third donut. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So this is episode 19. This is going to be, like I said, the wild card. This is what we've done. We've taken a look at everybody's choices. We had a couple of cars lined up for this matchup, for matchup number eight. And I was thinking the other day, I'm like, what could be more unreasonable than completely throwing it out? Uh, what were the cars that we had again? I don't even remember. Again, the Supra. We were talking about oh, yeah. the Supra. We we're going to throw that in. But we we're also going to do the Bullet. Right. And Dirty Harry's Ride, which I believe was a Plymouth Fury, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Or at least one of the Dirty Harry films. But then we, to potentially spoil something in the future, we've talked about having a whole vintage yeah. thing in itself. So for those of you that are fans of those stylish, slick ride and... You know, thinking about the Rockford Files and stuff. Just wait. Your time will come. Yeah. And, but it's and, not tonight. And what's becoming a, a traditional name drop. I'm going to drop his name on this one with Berkey. And Berkey was recently one of the guys that I work with. Uh, an amazing handler, dog handler. <laughs> Giving him props here. He's going to be getting a kick out of this one. Uh, he loves the vintage stuff. Mm. Like, it's all about the vintage. I think he was doing, um, oh, what's the one with... Um, well, like Starsky and Hutch? Not Starsky and Hutch. What's the other one with the... Shaft. No, he's Is a PI. Shaft? I don't know. <laughs> Why didn't we do Shaft? He's a PI. But he works with the police, though. But he's not a police. Ooh, Shaft, man, Shaft. Why? I can't believe we didn't think about doing Shaft. Uh, give me a second. What else do we have? We had the bullet. We had uh, the oh, the uh, the classic Miami Vice spider, Daytona spider. Yeah, we were gonna do the Daytona spider, and one of them was the ni- 1977 Pontiac Le Mans from Smokey and the Bandit. 
Oh, yes. Is the one I was trying to think of. And I can't remember what the sheriff, Buford T. Justice. Yeah, there you go. Buford T. Justice. And that was one of the rides he said. And then he also wanted to see who was the Ford Taurus from Robocop. And that was one of the ones we talked about. Was, yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. And we, I, I kept thinking about the Taurus and how much I hated that early 90s <laughs> yeah, we did have that conversation for Taurus and I just couldn't stand it like I, I yeah. just keep thinking about the purple Taurus like we had one in St. Catharines where I grew up it was in the north end um, I went to you know uh, one of the high schools in the north end over by Lake Ontario and we always saw this like purple Taurus drive through like somebody had spray painted it or got it repainted like vibrant purple yeah. and I hated it yeah. hated it so every time I see one of those Tauruses around I'm just like no yeah. And so thinking about the Robocop thing, I'm like, oh, okay, let's 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 not go nuts. But this wildcard episode, we got a couple, like you said, we hacked off a couple of wheels. So I'm excited to be able to do that, Mikey. But tradition states mm-hmm. here is the unreasonable grounds tradition that we need to break donut Definitely. to be able to get this going. And my I don't know if we're going to need insulin shots or we know we won't need insulin. We just got to eat the donut. Yeah, I don't know. But this is the third breaking donut for the night. Let's break the final donut. Tell me what you brought today and where it came from. So I have brought from Squamish, BC, the Fox and Oak Cafe uh, in beautiful downtown Squamish, where they filmed Walking Tall. Yes, they did. That's right. Uh, I didn't see the rock while I was there, but I was looking for him. You saw, uh, you saw a big rock. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the chief guided me to the Fox and Oak, where I purchased a maple pecan brioche donut. And this is brioche as well, too. That's correct. So the other, yeah, this is the brioche one. I'm, I'm kind of excited to be able to do it. I'm not really huge on maple donuts, but I'm excited to do it nonetheless and give it a, give it a shot. Exactly. Like obviously, I have to say this is that the box is like, we were talking about bougie 7-Elevens. Mm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the bouginess behind it. You're like, just stop talking. Let me eat donut. I need the sugar to survive <laughs> the next half an hour. I'm going to pick the crumbs from the one of the early donuts instead. The, the the Fox and Oak box. That's the most bougie donut box I've ever seen in my life. Oh, this place was like full on lefty, like hempy hipster. Like it was great. Like, okay, like. And I don't say any of that with a sense of negativity. It was uh, it was a very interesting little establishment. There was a lot of vegan options, which mm-hmm. I couldn't care less about. But for those that want it, uh, it's got it. And uh, we actually tried one of the vegan donuts that you know was not the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. But uh, as someone who's thing. not a dedicated vegan, I will happily eat the other donuts. So okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Oh, I, and I, their coffee was top drawer. So what I'm trying to say is I like the box. It's yeah. fancy. You brought it into my home and you got a, I fancied up my house today. Uh, That's just, right. Yeah. We took it up a degree. Yeah. So yeah. it's in the ground garage. We're happy. Let's do yeah. the donut. It's I'm excited to do it. Mikey, cheers to episode 19, wait, wait. matchup number eight. That's right. Cheers. And uh, make sure to chomp down some of those pecans. Cheers. So make sure to get the chewing noises in. As always. I got to say, for a day old donut, it's still pretty fluffy. That's gotta be, I think that's the best day-old donut I've ever had. Mmm. I'm undecided. Yeah. It's good. I like it. It's sweet. It has a good texture. It's got... The the maple is uh, not overpowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not uh, the OG Tim Hortons maple donut no. that you would normally have. That I guess we would call a traditional Which maple Which I find donut. overly sugary myself. 
which I love the fact that Americans tend to call this like the Canadian donut because it's got maple on it. Okay. So all of our American listeners, please don't get on that train of <laughs> everything's maple must be from Canada. Like well, they're made in igloos, so <laughs> by beavers in a red surge. We uh, we ride moose to work. Yes, we're we're toques toques <clears throat> everywhere. Yep. Um, I, I will say that, uh, yeah, okay, uh, all right, I, I like it. It's good, and like you said, it's a day old, so yeah. uh, putting the expectation on a day old is really unfair. So, And I will th- say that, yes, it it is good. I like it. Knowing your tastes, mm-hmm. I would say if you find yourself in Squamish and you get yourself to the Fox and Oak, and I know you definitely have a, an inclination towards the Boston Creams, which I tried to get you. But uh, because they have a rotating menu, it wasn't available. Fail. Yeah. If they don't have a Boston cream available for you, get the brioche chocolate dip donut. Brioche chocolate dip. Yeah. So it's the same similar like brioche actual donut itself, but chocolate dip rather than maple. Uh, We grabbed one of those on our way up uh, and it was fantastic. Okay. Or the Raspberry Berliner that I mentioned earlier tonight, which is absolutely just God's gift to humanity. But I, but I got to ask, and it, it has no bearing on anything, but I'm curious to know because I'm starting to look more at the pricing of everything. Mm. How much are you buying a donut for at Fox and Oak? Uh, well, Do you remember? Yeah, and it varies per the donuts. Okay, so it's specialty versus like a regular. Exactly, yeah. So like so, Coombs. Coombs does that too. They have like their yeah. OG donuts <clears throat> plus then they got their so the specialty. Like the brioche maple ones and the other sort of like, I don't know, average level donuts were $3 and a bit range for them. Some of the more specialty ones, like I believe the the Raspberry Berliner was four dollars and then a couple of the vegan ones were closer to five dollars i think vegan stuff costs more i guess unfortunately so. you can't see me rolling my eyes yeah, uh, through I, the recording but i'll say again if for five dollars a donut for five dollars but that's the thing that's the market now dude that's the market and, is and it you know what the one vegan donut that we had is i i guess you know they're popular the guy there was like, oh yeah, it's one of the best vegan ones. I'm like, okay, like, so, okay. If I, yeah, I'll remember to send everybody from. And North I'm like, Van. can you wrap it in bacon? You know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> send everybody from North yeah, Vancouver. Just watches little hemp clothing combust, but no. <laughs> yeah, he's like, did I get a waft of patchouli? Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, but anyway, no, it was good. Staff was super nice and everything like that. So I, I, you know, find myself in Squamish again. I'll definitely go back. So high high quality stuff. And I, it's too bad that I have to give these to you day old, but. Oh, I don't care. It's a win either way for me. So we give the shout out to Fox and Oak, Squamish, BC. If you're in British Columbia (laughs) and you got yourself in Vancouver and everybody's telling you to go up to Whistler. Well, uh, in between the two is going to be Squamish. You'll check it out. And uh, it's actually, it's it, they're good. They're good. I'll give them credit on the day-olds. Even the day-olds are, are fantastic. A uh, little bit pricey, but hey, you know what? If they're making it good quality, they make it good quality. And talking about good quality, this one is going to be good, this episode, Mikey. Yeah. This is the wild card. This is the one. It is certainly wild. Is controversial, I'll say. We're controversial in the, in the fact that we went on the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge. Mm-hmm. And for all of my wonderful friends and colleagues and everybody that I've met on the road over the years, all of those motorcycle PC riders, this one's for you. 
we're doing the motorcycles. We've added two two-wheelers to the competition. I could think of nothing more unreasonable than completely bending the rules as well as in the title of the actual challenge. They're not cars, but they might as well be. Yes. So here we go. Absolutely. We've, we had the option of going through several different motorcycles used in film uh, for police motorcycles. Uh, in the sense that we also did in a previous episode, we did the SWAT limousine. Mm-hmm. Right, we did that one. We did the undercover eclipse. We did several other vehicles that were used and just you know fashioned and used by police for policing duties. So why wouldn't the motorcycles fit into this whole thing? So why not just do it? Yeah, well, you know, sensibility has no place here. So I Absolutely think we embrace that wholesale. So today, for this episode, for your listening pleasure, we are going to be doing face to face mono a mono. We are doing the RoboCop motorcycle, so that's the C1. From the remake. From the remake, because I'm actually kind of a bigger fan of the remake than I am of the original. To be debated, to be debated. Yeah, that's another episode. That's a whole other episode. Uh, Versus the Lawmaster. From the original. Original Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. I am the law. Yeah, which I'm actually pretty excited about. Yeah, yeah. So, you, what, what's your what's your first first reaction to this, Mikey? It, it's an interesting mashup, I, and I I kind of like some of the again unreasonable components that we've chosen. Like, you know, we're using the Robocop remake, whereas we're using the original Dread. You know, we could have done you know Robocop original versus Robocop remake. We, you know, or the same story for the Dreads. Um, I think, yeah, we could have done this way differently, but not. We, I think this just has unreasonable written all over it. <laughs> exactly. Would you not agree that this is completely unreasonable? A hundred percent. And and then putting these two particular almost eerily reminiscent figures, because they're both wearing body armor, you know, the judges plus RoboCop, the helmet if anything, would you would be said to be a complete and utter knockoff of each other? Yeah. Even though the Judge Dredd helmet came from the comic book series that was actually, I believe, from the 70s. Yeah, it predated RoboCop. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, but again, they look almost dead similar when they're riding on them. For sure. Uh, that's what uh, made me think completely unreasonable. Like, it's not even like we're getting like an actual on-duty NYPD or Toronto Police Service or, no, you know, no. RCMP, Harley Davidson riding. Yeah. No, we're no, we're, really like... we're going straight up sci-fi on this one. We're getting some fictional motorcycles in. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, uh, the same thing OCP's goes... OCP's finest. Exactly. So, <laughs> the whole thing is, is that we go through the four categories, which is going to be mechanical, use as a police vehicle, Icon level, did the vehicle outshine the actual actor, character, whatever yeah, it might was be? Was it in iconic? The film? Was it iconic? And the fourth one, your category, Mikey. It's badassery. Badassery. Okay. So we'll get into the mechanical. I'll hit you with some facts on yep. the C1, which is going to be the Robocop motorcycle. Like- some air quotes for that one some air quotes facts for these two fictional sci-fi motorcycles <laughs> with beyond human riders <laughs> exactly i mean hey judge dread he's beyond human it's those boots boots it's definitely his boots you remember the his boots oh, in that yeah. movie they're horrible they're yes. like something from kiss 
Oh yes, and they're horrible, and they make him walk like he's strutting. On well, the it's like you've been skiing. Yeah, remember when you take the skis off, but you got to walk around with the boots on. <laughs> <laughs> Even after you take the boots off, your legs are, yeah, exactly. You're like so jammed up. My calves are atrophied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're looking at RoboCop the remakes. That's a 2014 Columbia Pictures film. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the film itself. Uh, filmed in Canada. Let me guess, Hamilton. No, Toronto. Ah, the center of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah the black hole. <laughs> well, my Toronto people. I grew up south of Toronto, so I, I'm okay with calling it the black hole that is the center yeah. of, of Canada. I grew up here, so it's east coast to me. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so box office was $242.6 million in 2014. Wow. I didn't Dude, think it did it that did well. It did so well. That's insane. It has to be an international thing. I don't know what it is about the international characters, and it is it just it, the sales go out of like when it comes to sci-fi. I think it yeah. does really well, and then it being a remake, I don't know. I wasn't disappointed seeing it, but yeah, no. I bet there were still some pretty disappointed people that were pissed <clears throat> off that the remake wasn't like up to snuff because you know you can't yeah. please everybody. No, and it's like you you don't want a scene for scene remake either, right? No. Like. Uh, there's moments for the from the original RoboCop that I will forever treasure in my mind as legendary, you know, like Red Foreman and and uh, the toxic goo that just like strips their bodies yeah and, and like the radioactive shooting waste. a rapist in the wiener and like yeah <laughs> you yeah. know like he's just there's there's so many things and 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 he's got better. Like the 80s quality one-liners, right? Like, dead or alive, you're coming with me, right? Like, that's Alex Murphy, right? Yeah. The, you know, he, I think, what's his name? Peter, who's the actor that played Robocop again? In the original? Yeah. I can't remember what his name is, but it's he like irritates the living P- hell out of me. Peter, just, Peter something. I, I've seen a bunch of uh, documentaries yeah, with him. Yeah, he's a knob, but. And he's a bit of a knob. And, yeah. and his role Anyway, he, his Robocop was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, his Alex Murphy was perfect. The new guy did a forgettable... I didn't really like him that much, but the movie itself I enjoyed. So, wait, you liked the the original portrayal of RoboCop better than the remake? Yeah, because he was, he was like, almost superhuman. In his, it was almost like Captain Kirk level of ridiculousness. Like, he was... <laughs> Like, come on. You, like, you need to go back. Well, what's interesting about that, and we could have a discussion on a later day because we're getting away from the motorcycle, but I'll say, <laughs> what I will say is We're going to have to edit this part of the episode out. Oh, no, I love, a, it. I love make this. a separate episode. <laughs> That's okay. I love this part of it. So it, what? if you look at the documentary when it t- looks at the making of RoboCop, and I had a good chance to watch like two or three of them, and they showed the main care, actor that played RoboCop yeah. in the first one, first, second, and third, I guess it was, when you see the ridiculousness of what he was trying to, in method acting, portray okay, and be able to show and put on film, it's out of this world nuts. It's nuts. Like, I don't know what it is, how best I can describe that. It's nuts. Like, he talks about how for months he was walking around like a robot. Yeah. See, that's and he, and he was ridiculous. Talk, I know. And he was talking about his influences. And he's like, there was this... Because he is so artsy and above yeah, like, and over the top. He's like, there was this there was this uh, performer in France. And he, like, it was this well-known performer. And, yeah. and his thing was, was all about the body. And then he came in to go and be, you know, this person, this consultant on the film. And like, how do... Like, dude, 
it's RoboCop. You walk like a robot. You make it work. I'm pretty yeah. sure, Mike, if I gave you the possibility and maybe like five, six hours of practice, you could have done it. Oh, I don't think I'd need that six hours of practice, you know. But the fact that he does that and he goes on film, I don't know. I I got some choice words of what I would call that. There's some smoke blowing for sure. Tons of smoke blowing. <laughs> and it just, it shocks me. So, it, but it adds to it. So in this case, getting away from my how I really feel about <laughs> the remake versus the original. Today, we're talking about the motorcycle from the remake. So that, yes. again... Uh, I'm not going to talk about what the actual motorcycle base was, but I'm going to talk about what the wiki fan. Perfect. That's what I want. Page talks about. So they talk about it as being the C1. So Omnicore. We all know Omnicore. The Omnicore C1 motorcycle is a 16 valve engine, six speed, 197 horsepower with fluid mesh. Fluid mesh. Doesn't that just sound awesome? Uh, liquid hydrogen cooled top oh, speed yeah. of 248 miles per hour. That's right. And, and with that liquid hydrogen, if you hit a piece of sand, you'll just burst into flames. <laughs> just, <laughs> 397 kph. Can you believe that? For all of our Canadian people. And our- I believe uh, it recommends a subs 200 uh, for optimal stability is what it said. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it goes on to say that it's solid strut forged wheels, Omnicore C series tracking tech. It enhances remote balance on it. So it's got carbon tensile shielding for blast resistance. It's the latest O-Force material, because you know the O-Force material. The old O-Force was garbage. No, that's right. The new stuff was and the And I'm sure that stuff. O stands for Omni. The rider voice identification technology that's enhanced within the vehicle. Murphy. Alex. Murphy. Now. <laughs> move. Act. Crowd control. It also won the Eco Respect Award for sound muting. Oh, Good. Dude, it's the eco-respect. What, what was the last was car? Was that Elon Musk's contribution to well, it? Or? I was about to say, what was the last car? So this movie takes place in, the, I think it's like the early 2030s, late 2020, or uh, 2020s or yeah. something like that. I think it was. Or I'm thinking that uh, Elon Musk was probably the last winner, if not the uh, conceptionist when it came to the eco-respect award. Yes. <laughs> its range was 375 miles on a single fueling. It's a motorcycle. That, that'll get you through your shift. <laughs> that'll get you around, especially at the terra speeds that he's going. Exactly. What I really liked about it is that it's got a full lighting package with reds and blues everywhere. Yeah. it Discreetly put in there as well, too. Yeah. Visually, it was uh, like we don't have a category for visual, but visually, this motorcycle looked super sweet. Like it was striking. Yeah. And I think... As a bit of a sneak peek for round two, round two is going to have different categories. It has to. It has to. And there's going to be some new categories, and one of those is going to be appearance. So it's not just about, you know, uh, use as a police vehicle, don't, so on Don't and so let forth. too many cats out of the bag. Well, I got to give something. I got to <laughs> give you guys something. Yeah, so I mean, it's got the full lighting package. It's got the C1 on the tail, and it's something that I really like and I thought was really unique. It's got a Detroit City Police Badge embedded into the body oh yeah i forgot about that yeah and it's that cool. was cool and it's cool looking so it's cool. not like dread hall of justice cool looking like the giant eagle i mean i mean we're gonna get into it here in a second yeah but it's not like that cool but that being said that's that car that's that that's that motorcycle yeah in a nutshell 
that Judge Dredd rig's going to have to do a lot to win in mechanical. Yeah, well, again, so we've got, we've talked about this before in mechanical, and, and uh, the, the C1 is a quality piece of tech, and the, the lawmaker. Lawmaster. Lawmaster. The lawmaster. The, the lawmaster. The lawmaster. It flies. It does fly, but it doesn't fly very well. And I think the fact that the mechanical unreliability of it being a story element, I think we can actually take into consideration and, and further lean towards the uh, the C1 as winning this category. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the mechanical side of it, and we'll look at what is obviously from Judge Dredd, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this being the original, so this is a 1995 Hollywood Pictures film. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, who else we got in there? Diane Lane. Rob Schneider. Robbie Schneider. Deuce Bigelow. That's right. Deuce. Bigelow. You can do it. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow himself. I and I'll bring this up. We don't we don't talk about the movies enough on the podcast. <laughs> the challenge is the challenge. We'll do, do whatever we're gonna do. I will say that Rob Schneider's uh, being pulled out of the used. Oh, and second-hand food robot yes. is yeah. like the best appearance that anybody could possibly make. I don't know how many times I've pulled people out of garbage cans on yeah. the job, but that's probably one of the best ones. That, yeah, that's pretty... And the fact that Dredd tells him, he's like, you haven't even been out of jail for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how do you plead? Not guilty? Yeah. I thought you I would have been that. killed. But it would have been legal. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, the interesting thing about this one, Mikey, is that, like we talked about before, about with the wiki page yeah. for the RoboCop C1, that's a lot of data. Yes. For a fictional car. That's true. Fictional motorcycle, sorry. So this one, we don't have a whole lot to go on. No, but... Uh, but we sure can make some shit up. Well, for sure. And so the, I have a couple of problems with this bike, right? We talked a bit about appearance and like, yeah, well, it's like the in-your-face eagle spread thing just died <laughs> it's horrible it's hey, yeah it's it just goes too far and it's just blocky and ridiculous and the fact that it goes from flying to wheeled it just it, well that just doesn't make any sense right like if you can fly why wouldn't it fly all the time exactly like why if you got a like jet bike let's call it why would you bother going into a wheeled mode like there's literally this, this, no point. And this is the conversation we would have had with the fifth element car if the fifth, fifth element car would have had wheels. Yeah. Like, why would you even bother flying if you just drive? Yeah. Or just like, say, for traffic law reasons, you got to be down on the street. Great. Hover six inches above the road, right? Like, yep. It's not, I don't know. It, I, does, it doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make sense. So, the, yeah. And again, like I had just said, the mechanical you know, lack of functionality of it when he's addressing the recruits, you know, if you can get it to work, you know, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, no. The, it's a bit of a joke. The C1 has has got it. It's this, higher performance. Yes, it doesn't fly, but performance-wise, whoosh. Like, <laughs> God. So liquid hydrogen cooled. Exactly, the, the fluid mesh. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Judge Dread ride, it was based on a 650cc... Uh, engine 
the information when it was resold a couple of years back, I think it was like twenty three thousand dollars. It was sold at auction, which was one of the originals, and that was the six fifty. Okay, not the scooter. Not the scooter. So yeah, it's interesting because they said that uh, for stunt purposes. They didn't trust any of the actors to ride the 650. It just it was unmanageable, so they said they didn't trust them on it just for safety reasons. Yeah, only so the stunt. So only the stunt people drove the 650. There were other versions of the bike that were used that were only scooter-based, and those were the ones that Stallone and Diane Lane and, could, and the other judges. Could you imagine, like, saddling up on that MC on the set as an actor and, like, looking at it and like yeah okay you know looks pretty aggressive and everything like that and then you fire it up and it's like a 49 cc vespa <laughs> and you're like i'm sure it's like a honda or like a cow or be, something like that but you'd be like talking to the the freaking effects guy and be like i know i have to grenade the red car but can i grenade the bike as well like <laughs> come on just blow it let's up and blow walk one away. of these up as well it's embarrassing <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and then the rest of it was a scooter. So, you know, there's really no argument there whatsoever. What I found was interesting, and we chose to do the original, was that the the remake, mm. the, I believe it's Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah Carl, Carl Urban, Urban was Dread. Yeah. And that was with Olivia Thirlby and, and Wood Harris and Lena Headley. But, uh, oh, yeah, right, Lena Headley. And there, Heedy, I think it's Heedy is her last name. But Yeah, so, I didn't even recognize her. I know, as Mama. Yeah. Or Mama, I think they you have to like slow it down. It was Mama Clan, and it's Mama herself. Yeah. And she was like the one with the scar face and yeah, when, yeah, they, yeah. when they took slow-mo and that. and Because yeah, uh, she was in Game of Thrones. She was Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah. She was in 300. She was Leonidas' yeah. wife, yeah. the queen. She's, yeah. yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, she totally... She went full on crackhead. Yeah, full good. on crackhead in that Not one. Not quite like Charlize Theron as what's her Ooh, mon- killer. That's a monster. Yeah. Is that monster? Yeah. Yeah, it was monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the, the remake, they used the Suzuki GSX 750. So pretty, yeah. dec- pretty decent ride. Oh, yeah. For the, for for sure. the new one. That's why we were like, ah, that's too lame. But it, it's just, it's too real to square off against another wholly fictional motorcycle. So. Yeah. So, but on that on that particular point, with talking about the actual, so if you go back to the C one, mm. and, and we'll dispel all the fiction and we'll blow away all the fictional dust and, and yeah. world that we're living in. What here did they base that bit. off of? Uh, the Kawasaki Ninja. It's a ZX ten. Those are nice. Yes. Yeah, so that was the C one. Is actually the frame and the body of it is and the engine is actually out. A tricked out Kawasaki Ninja ZX ten. Those are good. Yes. So that's a pretty significant ride. That's that's pretty cool. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so mechanical, 100% we're going to the uh, the C1. Oh, yes. Uh, let's move on to the use as a police vehicle. Uh, okay, the, the C1, I would say he... Oh, man. If you're talking about use as a police vehicle between the C1 and the Judge Dredd, the Judge Dredd one, there just wasn't enough content in the movie to be able to say or significantly make an argument for its victory over the C1 in RoboCop, the remake. Yeah, it's... The the problem with Dredd's bike is that its biggest usage is the, like, flying escape scenes. And it's... And again, it's... Lame. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bit... To put it best, I, I think lame right? is, is like, what it is. You know, I think about the other, like technologies and stuff that they sort of showcase in that movie and you know like his 
his handgun with double whammy, you know, like and, and grenade. Could, yeah, exactly. They could have done way cooler things with the motorcycle, and they just didn't. It, it was like a, it was an afterthought, is the way I look at that. Because yeah. when I look at it, even with the remakes version with uh, Carl Urban, the motorcycle from that one, yes, it, it, the Lawmaster, whatever you want to call it, Edition Two, uh, which is not a, a remake film, but. I would say that it was an afterthought again. And yeah, they, just, and they it, were not. Thinking. But they intentionally, I, I don't, I, at least I felt they intentionally didn't focus on it in Carl Urban's Dread. Yeah. Um, Short-lived, very first scene, and that's about it. Exactly. The car and, chase. That, and that was fine. They didn't dwell on it. Stallone's MC, they tried to make it too much of a thing, despite it being background noise. And I think they just wasted a lot of time on it. When you look at the FX that they have in that film already, like look at the the transport vehicles that they have storming around there. That's basically what our fire trucks are looking like now. I don't know if you've seen some of the new mm-hmm. fire trucks that are being put out across North America and in Europe. Yep. That they're almost point for point, angle for angle using those transport trucks from the original Judge Dredd to go and make our new vehicles and yep. design-wise. And as well as with the battle robot that Rico the, ends yeah, the up. the ABC robot? That's right. So he has the ABC robot that's standing up the technology and the animatronics that they had for that. You could have done more. They could have done more. So here's a, a total off tangent that you may want to edit out. But the ABC robot, they uh, for the scene in the movie where Rico tells it to rip the guy's arms and legs off, yeah, they actually... Like film that they had a mixture of uh, uh, like practical, uh, like a, a fake flesh and yep. you know dummy, and then CG. Uh, but then when they submitted the film for rating, uh, that whole scene had to be entirely removed oh. for it to have a hard R rating. Yeah, like they they wouldn't have even allowed that scene to be released in continental US. Never mind, like, Australia and stuff, which has stronger ratings. But, yeah, like, so they had to axe it completely. Yeah, yeah and, and, I mean, look at what they're using in Suicide Squad right now. Suicide Squad, oh, I haven't the seen shark, a new one yet. the shark ends up ripping a human right in the middle. Oh, like, yeah. Like, ripping him apart, not like, I'm going to break you in half. I can't remember. Oh, that was Deadpool 2, when he oh. rips Deadpool in half. And you're yes. like, whoa, like, Jesus, that's when he was straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I can't remember what they call him, straight up uh, ball cocking it or whatever when he's walking oh, yeah, inside yeah. the room and he's got the little tiny legs. He's like, it's like somebody gave birth anally and then gave up halfway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like that kind of thing. But uh, the new one, the shark character from Suicide Squad yeah. ends up ripping him in half down the middle. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's wild when you see it. And they got that in the trailer. Yeah. They're like, damn, like we've really come far when yeah, you yeah, think yeah. of Judge Dredd and they couldn't have put that in. But... Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the motorcycles in comparison for use in, in police work in the films, yes, the Drudge Dread vehicle is just, just not enough of it. And it, no. like you said, it's awfully campy and it's lame. Yeah. So Robocop, on the other half, the way I see it, is that he conducts his work. That's his primary mode of transportation. Yep. He does it well. He gets from point A to point B. And that thing, like, I don't know why I get so excited when I see the kickstand drop on that. If there's two vehicles and motorcycles that I've seen in film for police vehicles that I get excited about, it's those two, the Judge Dredd and the Robocop remake, because it's got the little down pegs Mm. that come down and stand the bike up. 
And in both films, they it does it automatically, like robotically. Oh yes, yeah, like yeah, it's okay. all it's either hydraulics or pneumatic or whatever it is. It comes down and drops down. And I thought that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, in use as a police vehicle, it also has police all over it. It's got a police badge on yeah. it. He goes out and he conducts his search warrants and his like his execution of all these crazy scenarios they have him running through. Yeah, I, I don't think you can beat it. No, and that's and that's just it. It it's an integral part of his day-to-day police work so yeah c1 for c1 for around or the second category yeah and moving into icon level okay this one's difficult because i feel like i'll start with the c1 the Mm -hmm. c1 the remake hasn't been out long enough to have the punch that judge dread has had over 30 years since it's filming for the most part i mean we had like 27 years since that film was was released I know it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> it's been 27 years. He's so old. <laughs> I think it's 90, it's 94, 95. Okay, so it's whatever, 26 years. And if you look at the remake of RoboCop, that was 2014 release. Yeah, so that's a, so six, whatever, seven years. Yeah, seven. So it just doesn't have the punch for the icon level. I enjoy it because I really like the remake. But I feel like if you showed anybody that motorcycle, they would know what it was for dread. Yeah, so I think you hit the nail right on the head there with that. If you showed somebody that never seen either motorcycle and showed them both, and they'd be like, okay, the C1's a cool black motorcycle, and that's Judge Dredd's bike. Like, the again, this is where it's over... Honestly, it's borderline ridiculous appearance actually lends to its it's it being an icon. You know, as much as we may not like how it looks, its image has resonated beyond, you know, the life of the movie because of how it appears. You know, the ridiculous, like, fascia and stuff on the bike itself matching up with his shoulder pad and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it ties in well to the imagery that they borrowed from the graphic novel and, and put into the movie. So yeah, I, I I completely agree with you there. I think that and I like your point. Like you said, if you took two people and showed them those two bikes, they would automatically. And it, it depends on if the person was younger. I mean, we were talking with Eric, you know, earlier tonight mm-hmm. in the first couple episodes of our marathon recording session. Uh, you know, Eric remembers Judge Dredge, but I, I guarantee you, like at that age, if you weren't a kid, you know, in '94 when Dread came out, or even a teenager for that fact. And if you were maybe a little bit older, you're just you're not going to recognize the dread thing, especially even with the new Carl Urban one. Yeah, because, you know, I never really was like when I heard that that movie came out in like 2012, I'm like, Jesus, really? Yeah. It was that long ago. And I I, I never I hadn't seen it until this year. Oh, because I was like, uh, I don't know. Dread. Because I heard it was pretty bad. I I really liked it personally. I think uh, Urban especially did a way better dread than Stallone. Uh, Stallone's movie was more about Stallone, whereas like Urban's true to Dread as a character, he never even takes his helmet off. Like you don't see Carl Urban in that movie; all you see is Dread, and it's gritty and it's dark because that dystopian humanity that they live in sucks for everyone that's there. Mega City, yeah, exactly. And it is a hole, and he's doing the best he can to keep it clean for those that will abide by the law and i love it because it's so dark and 
visceral visceral there you go we talk about the whole visceral thing <laughs> yeah and, and so i would say not to to wrap that one up but i you know i would say that dread is probably going to win the icon level on that one the bike for dread uh the robocop one is very cool it yeah, is an it's icon cool but that, it's not an icon yeah and it might become an icon later on uh, given that its success was $242 million in the box office. Um, you know what? I don't know. I, In all honesty, I don't see that bike becoming an icon. However, solidifying Stallone's Dread MC as the winner of the icon category, we can take this, commenta- this little paragraph right into the next category of badassery where I got to get points to the C1 because that bike is badass. It looks badass. It acts badass. Robocops, I don't know, because he's a cyborg, is able to just throw that thing around like nobody's business. Or maybe it's it's synth mesh eco-cooled liquid hydrogen support or whatever. But man, like, again... If you showed both those bikes to someone who's never seen them before, they'd look at Dredd's bike and go, oh, yeah, that's Dredd's bike. It's more of an icon. But, but then it's la- like, which bike do you want? I want the C1. That thing looks killer. Yeah, they're going to laugh at the Judge Dredd one because it's so stupid. It's four feet wide at the front. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's, it's clown yeah. shoes. You know, to grab a line from a Kevin Smith movie when they talk about, you know, yeah. I think it was from Dogma. When he's talking about it's Jay and Silent Bob talking about oh. Jay and Silent Bob are a bunch of F, you know, this, yeah, that, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, there, I think it was Ben Affleck who was reading it from him. He was like, yes. Jay and Silent Bob are effing clown shoes. Yeah. Like, that, that's the way I look at it. It's stupid. It, it's over the top. It's just, it's too much for me. But I agree with you that you yeah. look at that C1. The C1, you know, in badassery, and, and, and this is your category, so you can yeah. tell me if I'm right or wrong in this. The badassery i would say for the c1 is that it doesn't need all the crazy gizmos and gadgets and whatever it might be that is what robocop is for he has that built in he has the technology all that motorcycle has to do is just be badass it has to be uh just a living thing that gets him from point a to point b that just makes you go when when he drives by and screams off I think some of the things that make the C1 more badass in my mind are kind of what you're alluding to. And we talked a bit at the beginning uh, about appearance, how we don't have a category for it, but I think appearance definitely feeds into badassery in a big way. Like the C1, that Im- the badge that's built into it, the lighting package on that C1, like the fact that it doesn't take away from the appearance of Robocop at all when he's riding it. Whereas, you know, Dread's all but hidden in his four foot wide plastic brick if it sails through the air. So it's the, the C1 just, again, resonates with that absolute, like, just badass deliverance of the character in a method that you look at and you're like, what would you want to do? Would you want to read Dread's toboggan or do you want that thing? Like, I'm sorry, sign me up for the C1. That looks cool. I would absolutely ride that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and, and it's not a Ford Taurus. From the original, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a Ford yeah. Taurus, it's not all the rest least, of these things. As long as you're ripping the seat out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
Yeah, on that point, I mean, we look at all the different categories. We do the same thing on every episode of the Hollywood Cop Car Challenge. Let's look at it. Mechanical went to the C1. The use as a police vehicle went to the C1. The icon level somehow went to Judge Dredd, but we already explained that one. And I don't think it was going to be a complete knock out of the park kind of thing, straight four up, four down. What I would say is this, is that the badassery, again, going to the C1, C1, it's easy. It's a C1 victory. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to see the C1 move on to the next category, or next round. I think it's going to be interesting when it comes up against some of the other vehicles. Um, As we change up the categories, it's going to be a brainstorming session for you and I. Mm -hmm. We're going to come up some unreasonable categories to talk about, whether that be damage taken, whether that be... (laughs) We're going to do appearance no matter what. Flight. (laughs) Yeah, it might be flight. Does it fly? Does it not fly? Uh, How much lumber can you store in it? (laughs) Did the fifth element vehicle move on? Uh, You know... It's going to be ridiculous. Maybe seating. Maybe it'll be seating for as many people as possible. Mileage. Mileage. MPGs. <laughs> it's going to be MPG. <laughs> and, uh, it'll we're be not good. padding this. The, 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 we're not stacking the decks so the Prius can win. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely want it to move on. But, you know, somebody will be the judge of that one. But listen, we're excited to be able to say that the C1 from Robocop, the remake, is going to be moving on. Uh, and I'm excited to see round two. I, you know, this is our opportunity to sit back and really look at what we did in the first round and what has been done. Uh, I think there has been some surprising victories or at least, uh, decisions made through Instagram and I'm excited and very extremely grateful. And I know Mike, you're the same thing for everybody yeah. that went and voted. Well, uh, and some of the commentary and he, and yeah, just getting to interact with people and hearing the things that. Our, our listeners are saying and the commentaries on some of the tie breaks and stuff has been a real treat. And I think it's also helped us, you know, guide us into these, you know, next episodes and also will potentially move towards shaping how things are judged for the next round. Yeah. And, and we're excited in moving forward as well, too, into the second round and moving forward past maybe some new stuff in the future is we'd already discussed maybe doing that vintage uh, mm-hmm. series maybe next year uh, we might be taking a little bit of a break to be able to do some new stuff with the podcast as 2022 comes into the view and we start putting out some more episodes for 2022 it's going to be a big year Mikey I'm, ex- good. I'm excited for what we're doing the podcast you know 19 episodes in this is 19 episodes and I know I've said it time and time again I always say I'm absolutely shocked is it because it's genuine I'm actually genuinely shocked that we've continued to be able to put out a product that we continue to get fantastic feedback from we continue to get some fantastic uh, words of encouragement from followers from people listening so a big part of that is that we need your help as the followers and as listeners to be able to spread the word of the unreasonable grounds podcast again this is a non-profit podcast this is just done by first responders for first responders to share the word that there is a lighter side of this job you don't always have to be switched on, but if you can't switch off, this is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Join us, download an episode, listen. If you know somebody that needs to listen to an episode and maybe get into the the realm of the funny cop movies and, and the BSing that comes along with that, share us. Send mm-hmm. it out a link. Send us a, send to whoever you might need to the unreasonablegroundspodcast.com to the website. There's lots of links on there as well, too, is where you can find 
the podcast and how you download a copy. Find an episode that you like and share it with them. Go over to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Audible, go to Google Podcasts, go to iHeartRadio app, go to Stitcher, go to Audible, go to all these different places. There is no excuse. And also, go go to Instagram. Interact with us. That's one of the things that I like the most is if someone doesn't agree with what we've said about Dred's bike or something like that, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about why, you know, or or maybe they agree and and why and you know, let I love I love the engagement with people and uh, you know I love people that are able to em- embrace the unreasonable spirit that we take towards this and can have a good time regardless <laughs> exactly <laughs> with our our hollywood cop car challenge that has involved two fictional motorcycles because <laughs> that's the unreasonable way to go about it <laughs> so what we'll do is this we're excited to do 2022 i'm excited to be able to do this we got through the marathon recording session mike yes. we, it's almost midnight I'm ridiculously excited for the next couple of episodes, the next round. Everybody stay safe. Check out the website. Again, that website is theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com. Check out Instagram. Check out Facebook. Check out everywhere that you can download the podcast. Hit that subscribe button so it allows us to know where you're listening, how you're listening, where you're coming from, and what you want to see in the future. By downloading and listening to particular episodes, it also allows us what kind of content that you want to listen to in, in the future. We'll get more of that out. We are just a small podcast, but we've got a big family following. We're excited to put more stuff out in the future. Mikey, close it out. I've had so many donuts. I don't need to drive my car. I'm just going to pedal it like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Be safe, everybody. Take care. Take care.